Well, welcome everyone. I um, really appreciate you coming out, as I said before. Um, I've invited you here because I think you're all really friendly already. So it's it's kind of feels like a little bit um, teaching your grannies to suck eggs a little bit because actually I find all of you guys really affable people and um, that's the heart behind it really um, of uh, making people um, feel included and help encouraging that. Um, why I wanted to call you together is to um, start something off that we've got a heart for at ECC about befriending people and what I mean by that is um, it's, it's um, walking alongside people um, when the um, pressures of life become a little bit too much. Now this isn't counselling, this isn't um, really uh, high level things, this is actually sometimes, it's more of, um, if you like, your preventative measures, um, when actually you might have just moved here, so we've got a lot of students coming here, and um, coming into the autumn, they're going to be great at the moment, and as the work kicks in, they might find, actually I'm just really struggling, actually I do miss my parents, actually I don't know what's happened and things, things have gone wrong a little bit, um, and actually sometimes you need somebody to walk alongside you for a little while, and what we want is that kind of thing. Also, um, uh, quite a few of you have already helped in this area, but um, sometimes uh, when you have um, your first baby, or even subsequent babies, you um, sometimes need, uh, you know, you have a bit of a baby blues, or you have um, a moment where you think, oh, my house isn't perfect anymore, I'm, really, I'm not coping, the baby's crying all the time, you know, you, you just... You miss your community, maybe you've stopped coming to church regularly because actually the baby's never um, awake at the right times, things like that. So you're out of community. Again, this would be a great opportunity for a brother to come alongside and just um, encourage you for a little while. Um, so that's that's kind of, kind of what a sense of it is. Um, again, I've invited you along because you're all very naturally invitational. Um, you've got a good sense of what church has to offer, you come to lots of things already, and so you are very much the heartbeat of the church. Um, as I said, it's, it's walking alongside people. Um, what it would also mean is keeping in contact with myself, so it wouldn't be going off um, on your own, and um, you, you know, obviously you're welcome to develop friendships within the church and things and do your own thing, but if you're participating within this, it would be very much in conjunction with myself. So, um, uh, especially to do with safeguarding and, and the nature of anyone you're helping is they're, they're feeling vulnerable. And so because they're feeling vulnerable, there's a need for safeguarding. And because there's a need for safeguarding, there's a strong need for accountability um, so that you feel that you're not on your own, but also so we know what's going on. Um, so that would be very important as well. Um, for myself, um, I wanted to give you some examples of um, what befriending looks like in the, in the secular world um, and then also what it looks like in church. So uh, I volunteer for, um, as well as my work, um, I've also volunteered for quite a long time with the Backup Trust who um, uh, support people and mentor people who just come out of hospital with spinal injuries as that's what I had four years ago. Um, I was completely paralysed from the waist down and I came out of hospital, but um, and you, in the hospital you're very supported, and then you come out and you realise, oh, well I'm not really better, but I don't know how to do life again. And again, you can feel um, very isolated because I couldn't get out of my own house because of the steps. Um, and actually um, having a phone call from somebody 
was really welcome, you know, just to kind of, so you're not talking at the wall. Have you ever seen that um, film, Shirley Valentine, where she's talking at wall because there's nobody in the house? Um, you may have seen that film. And um, we need to be in community. So that's what the secular um, world has to offer. I just wanted to ask Salaya if that's okay. I'll put her on the spot a little bit. But you had a bit of this, didn't you? When you were in hospital, um, you had a bit of um, pastoral care from the church. And do you want to tell us what that felt like and what it looks like for you? I was um, encouraged quite a lot by from the church who were coming uh, to the hospital to pray with me. And some were just coming to have a chat. Some were just bring fruit, because I love, they know I love fruit, so they'll just bring fruit. Some came and would read my favorite, they'll just say, yeah, I will read your favorite piece of scripture. And uh, I was so touched by, you know, uh, people. I stayed in hospital for a total of two and a half um, months. The first weeks I was in ITU, so I, I wasn't aware of what was going on. Uh, but I was told people uh, came and people were praying for me uh, a lot. The, from the time I woke up, almost every day, people were coming. Some would, uh, for a brief uh, visit, some for a local visit, some uh, have multiple visits. And I welcomed all of them because it can be uh, lonely in hospital when you're in the hospital bed with, you know, different staff for work. Um, uh, so I really appreciated um, the church and the support that they gave me during that time. And not only that, when I got home, it was the same, you know, uh, people were coming to check on me and how I was getting on. Because at home, was, the first few days were really hard, struggling to walk, managing with pain. And um, I just can't stress how important it is. And um, also from uh, hearing the people who were coming to visit me, I think for them also they were so encouraged because they saw me from when I was very ill in hospital and then to see if some on Sundays they look at me and they just say, you know what, you want to make me cry because, you know, the way you were to see you walking like this is a miracle in itself. So even for those people, I'm encouraged by, you know, uh, the faith that has uh, come through. That's great. That's really helpful to see what that looks like um, from a perspective of somebody um, who um, we tend to think of people, um, or we can think of people in pastoral need as very um, needy in a in a um, uh, yeah in a in a, in a very um, uh, needy. I can't think of another word for it, but needy way. Yeah, very draining way. And I, I don't think it is that. It's somebody going through something where you just need encouragement. And for um, so that's the secular environment. You need encouragement and support from a church environment. Prayer. I think you said that quite a few times. People praying for you. Just to know that lifts you. People reading scriptures over you. It lifts you. It speaks life into you. It has a power with it. Um, and I think um, there's a great need for that. And you don't have to be in desperate circumstances to be in receipt of that. Um, I think, Monica, you, you and myself and um, oh, so Peggy, but she's not here tonight, we've been doing um, uh, visiting uh, new mums. 
And uh, Sarah, I'm sure you've been through this as well, being a new mum yourself. Um, and um, you can feel a bit jaded. You think, what's life happened? You know, what, what, what's happened to me, that kind of thing. And um, uh, you can feel um, so encouraged by just somebody um, just giving you a call, just dropping in, telling you that you're fine, you know, just this is normal. It can be really encouraging. But you weren't um, extremely um, depressed or extremely traumatised or something like that. You don't need that, but sometimes we just need a little bit of friendship for a while. And so this, again, is very much what I'm talking about. And so there's a few examples of, of how we're using it um, already, but we'd like to broaden out as well. Um, listening skills. So um, some of what we'd be doing is telephone-based because I think, um, we again, we can think of pastoral visits as going around, and that's great, but it's not always um, convenient for all of us and for also the recipients. Um, and also, if we wait for that to happen, it's going to be a lot less frequent. Sometimes a telephone call can just be fantastic, again, can lift you. Um, so if you are doing that, um, please make sure you have um, a place where you're not going to be disturbed. Um, switch off the TV, um, make sure um, there's no kids around, things like that, and make sure you've got time for the person. Um, be yourself, so be warm and caring. Um, be, um, make sure you're ready to um, listen, so make sure you're fully focused on that person, because if you're going to give that time, make sure you're really listening to what they're saying. I would encourage active listening. So that's when we sort of make noises, because again, when you're on the phone, um, you can't, uh, so some people are visual people who are looking for cues, so you've got to give them in an audible way. So rather than silent, it would be uh, going, aha, uh -huh, mm, I understand. You're being reflective, you're, you're kind of um, just letting them know I've heard you. Because again, a, a large part of um, what we're talking about with this sort of skill is, is actually a listening, that's a huge part of it. Because for some people, they just haven't been able to tell anyone, that they don't have anyone to talk to. Um, so that would be a big part of it. Um, give them your full attention. Also summarising, so um, make, repeating back to them what they've said to you can really assist in them, them knowing what, what's really going on and help them sort of understand um, where they're feeling the need because um, when you reflect back to them, they can correct you if you haven't quite got it right. Um, and actually, hearing it back from somebody else can really make them see it in a different way. So that's another useful skill um, to adopt. A big part of this will be knowing your limits. Um, as I said, it's not counselling. We're not expecting you to take on their problems, and we're not expecting you to solve all their problems. Actually, a large part of what we're doing is pointing them to God, because he can walk alongside them. He's The... the um, the story I'm going to come on to is, um, we'll explain this better, but we're not trying to solve, we're not trying to fix them. We're trying to be helpful, of course, and be supportive. And if we can see something obvious, then that's, that's great. We can recommend or suggest things. But actually, what we're looking at doing is um, uh, pointing them to Jesus um, to, to solve things. Um, can you just um, put up that slide? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw this on the um, internet and thought this is a really good explanation. So the way they've used this is this is why we pray for each other. 
And what I'm trying to say is, again, these people aren't um, going through anything. Some of us haven't been through at times. We all need that little bit of extra support at times. We all need a bit of encouragement at times. And we definitely all need prayer most of the time. So I just thought this was a great imagery of, yes, it might be you this time, but it might be them another time. And it might be their friends another time after that. So it's that understanding and, and letting them know that actually it's, it's, it's okay. You know, we've all been through times where we're finding ourselves stretched and we need a bit of encouragement. So I thought that was a good analogy for that. Also, I wanted just to look at um, uh, the story in the Bible about um, the paralysed man, which is obviously very um, close to my heart um, with what I went through. But I think it describes what I'm talking about really well. Nick, would you like to read that? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, carrying, uh, sorry, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why, did this, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, when Chloe and I were talking about uh, a great biblical story to kind of sum up what being a befriender would actually be, this story kind of popped into both of our minds straight away. Um, because the stretcher bearers in the story, the people who carry the paralyzed man to Jesus, are kind of what we're envisaging you guys being involved in. And, and so you'd be the sort of person who'd see a need, um, you'd be able to work as a team, you'd help one another. You'd walk alongside the person in need. Uh, essential point is that you would take the problem to Jesus. You'd help that person to get back into church. You'd help that person take their issues straight to Jesus. That you don't help forever. So in other words, the help has a start and an end. We're not envisaging that you're tied umbilically to this person for the next seven years. You know, that would be, that's not our heart at all. Um, and the help might feel basic. In other words, it's not counseling, it's not very deep, but it is essential. So if you ever want to try and understand a biblical example of what we're looking at, it's kind of being that stretcher bearer to someone else. Yeah, we, one of the um, things that, uh, one of the visions that I came up with um, for this is very much um, the old-fashioned um, telephone exchange. Um, have you ever seen on the old black and white films when there's a lady sitting very, very upright and they have a board in front of them and they're plugging in, hello, Paula, you know, who do you want to connect to? And you, you plug them in. So this is the heartbeat. Somebody comes with a need and we want to plug them back into church. 
So we walk alongside them, but say, so for Sarah, it might be, um, uh, would you like to come to Bubbles? Can I come with you? So you don't feel like you're on your own. And then you're plugging them in with a network of other mums. So then actually you can, you can move off and they have something for themselves. It might be that you bring them to Central Life Group and that you might say, hey, you know, when, when they're feeling a bit more like it, you might want to bring them there. It might be um, Wednesday Fellowship. It might be, actually, why don't you come and participate in something? It might be serving. Hey, why don't you serve on the cafe? Again, it's not all about doing a job. It's about the socialising aspect. It's about being part of community. And to be part of community, you need to participate. And so what our heart is, that it's not just fixing someone or telling them what they need to do. It's encouraging them to come to Jesus with it, and encouraging them that they have more in them than just that, and then participating, so plugging them in somewhere. So actually they can be um, uh, being self-sufficient again in, in, their, in, in seeking their faith. Um, so so that, would, that would be what it is. So it would be um, uh, phone calls to new guests, and say, so it might be for B1, hey, why don't you come to B1? Did you know that was going on? Um, it might be, um, there's a life group in your area. So it would mean um, you finding out a lot more about what the church has to offer. So I'd be giving you information on that so you can give that to them. Um, it might be supporting young mums, so it, just giving a phone call every so often. Um, it might be help for married couples. It might be someone coming out of hospital or somebody in hospital. Again, I thought, Soleil, you explained that really well um, with the different types of people that visited you. It, sometimes it was um, a moment where you had a prayer. Sometimes it was a moment where they just came in and said hi and brought you a cake. I know you had a very great cake made to make her come and visit you lots, which was nice. Um, somebody just popping in for five minutes, but other people popping in for 20 minutes. It, it's, it's that constant care. Um, for some of you, it might be um, learning a bit more with power about budgeting and then helping someone do a budget, coming alongside people in that. Somebody struggling to make friends. I think we've all been through times like that. And again, that can be such a big deal for someone. And if you've been through that, then you can kind of encourage them in that about different ways of doing that and walk alongside them. It might be visiting somebody who's housebound for a season. Again, just that phone call or popping in can make such a difference and it's that particularly for people who are housebound it's bringing church to them it is then praying for them it is then maybe reading something together because they're not in community and we need that um, and again those encouraging times as well so different coping strategies um, prayer prayer will be a big part of this praying for them before you phone them um, maybe praying with them when you're on the phone to them or in, if you're visiting them um, and then prayer afterwards you can pray even though you're not calling them or seeing them that day having them on your heart for a season emotional and practical support so sometimes the practical support can come in letting us know what it is that they need so if there is a need if you can let us know about that and we can support that need and um, maybe with food bank or with other issues Keeping connected with church, you, you will be a bit of a lifeline in that way, of that keeping that connection. Again, as soon as we get isolated, we're like one of those sheep on the edge of the field, easy to pick off. 
So again, our heart is that actually nobody in this church would be easy to pick off, that we've, we've got them and we're looking out for them. Um, keeping busy. So sometimes, again, when people are a little bit down or they're feeling a bit disconnected, um, if you can encourage them to participate or keep busy in that sense, actually it's having something meaningful, it's getting out there and encouraging that can actually bring them back into community and bring them back into who who God is. It's again, when you're participating, you can kind of feel the heartbeat again um, of what church is, what's happening in church and what God's doing. Um, I don't know whether any of you attended the conference, but as it started going, um, I was serving on one that is part of the hosting team, and I'm sure some of you who serve on a Sunday, when you come along, you begin to take on the heartbeat of what the Holy Spirit's doing that day, and it can it can really encourage you as well, and it begins to um, uh, emanate out from there. Sometimes talking about a situation can help you also really accept it, because sometimes it, it, if it's not God's timing and it's not you know you're not being made better or um, you're not being healed, actually sometimes it's acceptance of that for that time. So it's it's praying and hoping for that. But it's also living the life that you have now. And sometimes we need to have a little bit of a weep about that. And a little bit of a, um, you know, a talk, having, having someone who you can vocalise that to can be really important too. So as part of um, the phone call um, procedure, so if you're asked to do that, it can be made from home or it can be made um, here at BCC if you'd like to do that there. Um, it would be a maximum of, uh, we're thinking about five phone calls, because as I said, we're not expecting it to be high-level problems. This is a bit of encouragement for a shorter season. Um, the gaps between the calls um, should be probably no less than once a week, um, but no more than three weeks apart, because again, it, it stops the continuation. Um, in each case, the befriender contacts the person in need, um, I would discourage giving out your phone number so I can talk you through how to protect your number. Because um, again, we're not looking at creating dependency. We're looking at, again, that telephone exchange thing in your mind. So you, what you're looking at doing is plugging, supporting them to plug into somewhere else in church. Now, obviously, if you develop friendships, then that's absolutely fine. But we're not looking at doing that. You're supporting them for a particular need for a season. Um, Confidentiality, what I mean by that is, um, you know, if people are um, sharing things that are important to them, it's not that you're talking about it outside of that situation, other than, um, obviously to myself, um, so upwards, so it would be to the pastors or myself, yes, you do need to say that, and if you have any concerns at all, um, then please do call in and raise that with us. Um, obviously, we have a duty of care, safeguarding-wise, that if you are concerned about anything, please let us know. Um, that's that's really key. Do you want to say anything about that? No. Um, if you did have a concern, or you, you thought um, there was something more important, where somebody's going to be harmed in any way, um, this is going to be very, very rare, and I don't want to worry you, but I do want to talk about it, because it's very important. Um, you need to call that in as I said please record your concerns written down as soon as possible after that 
by that I mean, you know, within sort of an hour, if you can, write that down. If it's particular words that somebody's used, please write that down, be factual. It's not um, about um, your opinion, it's about what's actually been said, and then raising the concern with one of us. Um, and then we would take that further with them or with, you know, with the authorities if that was necessary. But again, that's very, very rare. Um, it's very unlikely that any of you will come across that, but you do need to know what to do with a view to safeguarding for any children or any vulnerable adults in the house. Um, yeah, also on that, um, it's important that we don't ever promise um, confidentiality in a way that um, it's a secret in between us. You can tell me and I won't tell anyone else. Um, that's absolutely not possible. So if that's what they ask, you need to tell them that actually um, it's up to you whether you disclose that to me, but I, I can't promise that. Um, again, please don't do that because it, it would um, betray their trust if we then had to take it further. But that's, I said, very extreme things for this kind of thing. It's very unlikely to happen, yeah. Um, and then the last slide. Yeah, I just wanted to close on this verse, really. Um, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. So as I said to you at the beginning of this evening, I've asked you here because you already do this. You've been spotted by myself and Nick and Mark as people who already do this. So please keep on what you're doing um, and building each other up, encouraging. That's exactly what we're talking about, about befrienders. Does anybody have any questions at all? Okay, so um, if it's something that you'd still like to do after hearing a bit more about it, um, then if you um, can let me know. And then basically, I do have a long list at the moment of people who, again, it's just encouragement calls. So it might be just one phone call, it might be two or three um, sort of thing. And basically, it would be doing exactly what I go through with you. What I, the reason I've asked all so many people here is because I want to try and match people to people who have got good experience for what their need is, what they're going through. So I'm trying to get a range of ages and a range of experiences and married couples and single people to kind of look at that. So if I didn't ask you for a while, there's nothing wrong with you. It just means that there's nobody quite like you who, who needs some help at the moment or support. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So that's the way I would kind of envisage going about it. And then basically, um, you can call them as soon as, as soon as that. It'd be something that I would um, approach the person first and say, would you like one of our befriending team to give you a call? And then they would be expecting your call. So it wouldn't be a surprise. Um, and then as I said, I would show you how to protect your number so that they would, again, be ready for that. And um, yeah, and that's how we go about it. But I said, there's nothing stopping you from becoming friends. It's just um, that I don't want you to feel that pressure, that you're not taking somebody on, you, you're just walking alongside somebody for a little while. <clears throat> yeah, part of the role um, might include uh, some regular calls to people who are new to BCC. So one of the jobs that Chloe might ask you to do would be to say, well, this is a person who's been coming to BCC two or three weeks. Uh, we've written them a letter, but we'd just like to 
for you to give them a call and see how they're doing. And that might be part of it as well. And you can do that from home, or if you if you want to, you can come into the office and we can set up times for you to do that. So that'll include, that's part of the befriending sort of support that we're looking to give, um, so you can be involved in that as well. And if we did that, we would send you, or we'll give you the information that's relevant to church at that time. So, okay, you know, we've got a harvest service coming up, and Central Life Group's back, and that's on a Wednesday at half seven. And we give you basic information to just be able to make that call meaningful to that new person who's just kind of needing that little bit of help to get into BCC a bit. Uh, so that's one of the roles as well. And the last thing that you need to do each time, as I said before, is um, after you've made a call, if you can text into me, email into me, call into me, I need to know that that call has been made. And then also, just very brief, was it good? Was it terrible? Any, anything that I need to know about that. Um, but just, it went great and I suggested this. Just very brief it can be, um, again, unless you've got any concerns. Um, but it's just that it's important to us that we know that that has been made. If there's any problems and you can't do it, then that's absolutely no problem. You're under no obligation to do that. Um, but just let me know because I can give that to somebody else to do. Um, because, um, yeah, I've just got a massive heart for people to, that they can be known by people and that they matter. I think that's incredibly important, especially in, in such a big church, that they can be known and that they're needed in church. They, they have a vital role to play in church as well. Um, and I think that we can let people know that. That would just be amazing. It'd be great. Yeah, sorry, Monica. Yeah, it can be different, but I think um, we're looking for maybe over a period of like two to three months, something like that. But again, sort of um, about five kind of um, phone calls, something like this. Um, so it'd be maybe um, like you call the first week and then just follow up the second week and then maybe leave it a fortnight and then maybe, you know, suggest a couple of things, see if they're going to run with it. Um, it might mean that you meet them there to go with them to something or even contact somebody else so that you can, you can you know, so you might contact me and say, oh, can, I, can, I, can you meet them? that kind of thing, and then um, you'd be looking at leaving them after that. Um, so, yeah, again, we're looking at plugging them in, but then also some people don't want to be plugged in and, and they're going to be handing that back to me at that point and we might try a different track with them. Um, again, if it's something you're concerned about, what we would do is we have also have um, people who would do more in-depth work with people, so that wouldn't be um, something that I'd want you to necessarily take on. Um, we'd, we'd give that to somebody else who might take it a different track. Yeah, any more questions? Uh, the yeah. phone calls, uh, do you have a time period that you need to make those calls or limits, particularly if you have to come to BCC to make a calls? Does it have, to, you know, is it available for what period? I would suggest that you make phone calls um, after nine o'clock in the morning, so not, not first thing, and then probably not much later than about half past eight at night, certainly no later than nine o'clock. And I would recommend your phone calls are not more than half an hour at the most. Some, you know, they might, depends on the need, but um, a good pastoral visit for a pastor is about 30 minutes, um, because you can kind of assess the need of a person and see what's going on with them and so on. 
within that kind of time scale. Less than that, they feel, I think people feel like you've just been too hasty. More than that, you're kind of starting to actually say you're welcome and they want you out, you know. So uh, I wouldn't do a phone call longer than 30 minutes. Um, now, in Chloe's work with backup, you have about an hour, don't you, scheduled? Maximum. Maximum of an hour. And she has a maximum of 10 sessions, is it, with a person? But this is a person in extreme need, coming out of a back injury, you know, they need that walking alongside thing for quite a long period, it might go on for six months, but we're not envisaging that for you guys at all, not at that level. So your phone calls would be, I would imagine your average length of phone calls would be 10 to 15 minutes, you know. Say, hey, how are you? Um, notice that you're a brand new to BCC and I'm on the befriending team, and so just giving you a call, see how you're getting on, how's church? You know, hey, listen, why don't we, um, I'll, I'll be waiting at the top lobby, you know, at 10 to 9, we'd love to see you, come and see me kind of thing. Uh, that's the sort of thing that you kind of do. You're linking people, you're plugging them into stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. About, about 30 minutes at the most. So, I mean, if you have a great long conversation, that starts to be a burden on them and on you. So, so it's kind of light touch, but definitely. Yeah. What, what about the calls from BCC? What times? Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So yeah, if you're wanting to make phone calls from BCC, what we'll do is we'll ask you that when we assign you a person. Is this a preference that you have? Would you like to come into the office? And what we'll do is we'll timetable that so that you can get in and out. Um, and again, they'll be, you know, be finishing the calls by about nine o'clock. And we'll give you one of the desks up in, up in the offices and you can come in and we'll set you up. And we'll be alongside you with you to do that. If that becomes a regular pattern with a group of you, um, we may end up actually giving you access to the offices and having a team doing that. We'll see how this emerges because it's, it's kind of, it's just beginning tonight. So we'll, we will want to see how it's going on. Um, I imagine most of you, for convenience, will probably just want to put 1471 before the number and ring them from home and just say, hey, I'm calling for BCC. Um, the reason the number's locked is because we're just doing, we want to respect your privacy and ours, just to, you know, you can say these things, that's fine. Um, so most people, I would imagine, would probably ring from home, but we, we might be able to offer that. That'd be fine. Yeah, I will, don't forget, I will have also already explained this to them, that we can offer you this, um, would this be something that you like? And as part of that, to protect you know people's privacy, um, the number will be withheld. That's not down to you. It's the same rule for everybody. You know, just so that there's no offence taken. Um, so that will have already been explained to them. And also the length of call and the um, time scale. Again, you're not going to be offending anyone because this isn't like a long-term support solution. This is just somebody just to walk alongside you for um, maybe a couple of months, few months, and just to give you a call, just to encourage you. Um, yeah, and then also, as, as Nick said, um, meeting before or after the service would be great on a Sunday, just to encourage attendance, that kind of thing. But it's about plugging people into church. Just one more consideration might be that it might be appropriate for you to meet this person. Now, if you did that, do talk to us about that, because that's we want to protect you, um, we want to make sure that that works. Um, often it might be appropriate to meet here in the week. You know, if like you get a lunchtime and you're able to come here, that's ideal because we've got staff here. I don't think we would be expecting you to go on your own. In fact, we wouldn't want for you to go on your own to someone that we don't know. That would be wrong. That would put you in danger. Wouldn't be right for them. Wouldn't be right for you. So, the the, the, the visiting side of things, um, if a visit's required or involved, I think we might help you with that, or we would structure that in such a way that it was totally safe and you felt fine about that. We certainly wouldn't get you to visit someone that we didn't already know and had vetted. I mean, when Pastor Mark and myself visit somebody brand new in a church, we often go together. You know, we don't go, or he takes an elder, 
or I take a colleague, we don't do that on our own ourselves. You know, we wouldn't, we just, that's just not wisdom. We don't know what we're stepping into if we don't know this person. Um, and once in a while, that has paid off, and I've been really grateful to have another person with me. Not often, but once in a while. So we wouldn't put you in that. Um, but your befriending might involve, let's say a typical example might be three phone calls, then the person's back out of hospital on their feet, um, that they come to church the first time you meet at church, you have a coffee in a cafe, and then the final bit might be, hey, you know, I'll come around and see you. You know, and you, you, you go around and see them and, and say hi to them and you meet their family or something like that. And that would be, you, what you're looking for is that there's other people around, either with you or with them, and it's kind of a bit more public and structured in that way. But that would be an appropriate example of befriending where you did get to meet the person perhaps where they were. Uh, but that's, there's a bit of care needed with that, just to say that. Anything else before we close? Okay, well, thank you, as I said, for coming. Um, as I said, it will be light touch things. It's not, um, you know, dark and heavy going kind of thing. Um, as I said, it's not the depths of despair. It's much more walking alongside people who just need a bit of encouragement. For a short time it can be very fulfilling as well um so i've just finished supporting somebody who's been in hospital and then they've come back and they were here on sunday and um they were just delighted to see me and i'd actually not met them because i didn't actually know them before i um, heard about the need and just gave them a few calls and it's actually quite a nice thing because they're just really grateful um so it can be a really positive experience um so yeah um, i think you've got the register yeah. So again, if you can um, let us know if that's something you'd like to do, um, and then we'll follow up with you as and when we've got people who would um, who would be a good fit for you. But thank you for coming. If you haven't already, please make sure you've um, put your registration number in um, to if you parked in the car park. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, you're welcome to stay and chat for a little while. Um, but feel free to go home. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you coming out.